I'm just, uh, you know, I just have this incredible sense of God tonight when we were worshipping God. I know that, you know, I've been a Christian now nearly 30 years. And I guess in my heart of hearts for 30 years, there's just been this waiting for a generation that would arise and really believe what God says is true. A generation of people, and I'm not just talking about a young generation, I'm talking about a whole generations together. I'm talking about the generations together, alive on planet Earth, together in one generation, actually standing up and believing that what God says in his word is actually true. The Lord, since the day of Pentecost, when he poured out the Holy Spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters prophesied and the old men dreamed dreams and the young men saw visions, has been waiting for a people who will stand up in Holy Ghost boldness and actually believe what he said was true. Jesus Christ, since he died and rose again and is seated at the right hand of the Father, has been waiting for a people who would actually believe that what he has done is done. And as Garth prayed just so perfectly before, who are people who would believe it is finished. Amen? And would stand up in all authority and take all that we have and enter the nations and make a difference. Thanks, Lisa. I'll call you back in a minute. That's fantastic. In Matthew 10 and verse 1, Jesus says this to his disciples. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ tonight? Amen. If you believe in Jesus Christ tonight, you are a disciple. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ tonight, get ready. You're going to become a disciple tonight. Amen. Because you just walked into your family and you just, you've just come into this place where your family meet and you're about to meet the rest of your family and it's a great day. Amen. Matthew 10, 1, Jesus says this. He called his 12 disciples to him. And he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He gave them authority. Now, I remember when the iPhone first came out and um, my girls had the iPhone before me, as technology goes. It's always the younger generation that kind of know how to do the stuff. And so I still had my BlackBerry and I was like so, you know, proud that I was a BlackBerry user. Because, you know why? Because I had it down and I knew how to use the thing and it was complicated to work it out in the first place and I'd just, you know, gotten used to it from my Nokia and my Nokia was my friend. But then I had to get to use a BlackBerry and I had to go and, and Pauline had to actually go through the manual and help me work out how to use a BlackBerry. And then an iPhone comes out, it's like. And so I said to my kids, I'm going to get an iPhone. I'm going to get an iPhone. And they're going, Mom. It's like they're almost doing this. Mom, you will never work it out. You can't even work out the Blackberry. How are you going to work out an iPhone? It's so complicated. You know, and and I thought, no, I'm going to work this thing out. And how many of you know that, you know, if someone just gave you an iPhone right now and just said, here's a gift for you. Here's an iPhone. Take it home. Use it. And gave you no manual with it. And you would just look at this thing. You wouldn't even know how to turn it on. Do you know what I'm saying? And this is what it was like. The disciples came to Jesus and he gave them authority. Tonight, Jesus has given you authority. But do you know how to use it? Have you read the manual? 
Have you understood what that authority means and what could happen on earth if Christians just got a hold of who they are in Jesus Christ and actually walked in the authority he has given them? Amen? You know, the Word of God says that my people perish through lack of knowledge. And my interpretation of that, or this is my, 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 my way of saying it, my people are getting beat up and defeated because they don't know how to use what I have given them. My people are perishing. My people are getting beat up. Do you know there's, there's, there's an interesting date coming up, 11-11-11. Who knows that? The 11th of the 11th. 11. And do you know that those numbers mean, you know, numbers mean things biblically? And the, the lining up of those numbers actually means, biblically, and the prophets are speaking about it all over the world, that there will be a release of the authority of God across the earth around that date. And I, you know, in the prophetic realm, there's prophets across the world right now that are just so excited. It's like, that's okay. There's going to be a release of new authority. But if we get a release of new authority, it's like an iPhone. We need to know how to use it. So someone's got to teach us how to use it. And I know that I've studied the word and looked at the word and said, God, teach me. Teach me how to walk in this. Teach me to walk as Jesus walked. Teach me to talk as Jesus talked. Teach me to have hands as Jesus had hands and feet where he would go. Amen. Teach me to be obedient to everything that you say to me, Holy Spirit, because I want to be like Jesus and I want to make a difference in my lifetime. Amen. I put something on my Facebook this week and it said, aspire to inspire before you expire. And I'm, my life right now, I am determined. I'm aspiring to inspire a whole generation of people before I expire. Amen. Before I go to be with Jesus. I've got work to do. We've got work to do. Amen. And I'm so excited about this generation. Let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 1. And it really speaks about our authority in Jesus Christ. In, this, in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians is absolutely amazing. You should read it and read it slowly, and digest it, and then read it again. This particular scripture, I think that I've read this probably a hundred times in the last two weeks, because I just want to get it. I just want to get it. Do you know that the Word of God is living and active, and that it will not return to God without having accomplished what God sent it forth to do? Therefore, if you read the Word of God like you're eating, if you read the Word of God and digest it, the very living Word, the life that is in that Word will come into your being, into your spirit, and it will bring life. And then what will come out of you is that thing that God had planned and ordained for that Word to do. See, the Word is planted in us. And then it comes out and bears fruit in other people. Amen. So this word here says this. I love this scripture for this reason. And I'm saying this to you tonight. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him, that you may know, that you may know, that you may know him better. 
I pray also that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in order that you may know, that you may know, that you may have knowledge of the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given, not only in this present age but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Chew on that for a few weeks. Woo! That went right through me. You know when they go on X Factor, oh, that gave me goosebumps. Man, read that. Read that and get some goosebumps on you. Amen. (sighs) I love it. Jesus has been given all authority. Who would agree with that? Did that scripture just say that? He's been given all authority. And guess what he did? He gave it to us. I know. I know. He must be crazy. But he gave it to us. Amen. He gave it to us and he said, go. And he said, go. And he said, use it. And he said, use what I have given you. Now, how do we get into this mess in the first place? Amen. Well, there we were in the Garden of Eden, little Adam and little Eve. And all authority of the earth had been given to Adam and Eve. They had been given authority over the earth. They'd been given authority over the Garden of Eden. Is that right? And then God said, what I want you to do is multiply and take dominion. So the idea was that they would multiply and then they would expand the Garden of Eden until they took over the whole earth. Colonize. Is Pastor Phil's word for tonight. Colonize. They would colonize. They would take dominion over the earth and they would populate the earth with the glory of God. Amen. And then, of course, Satan came in, the serpent, and deceived them and got them to give give to him the keys, the authority that they had been given over that place and give it to him. Therefore, now Satan had legal ground or authority or he had the keys of the earth. He did not have authority in the heavens, amen. He did not have authority over the universe. He didn't have authority anywhere else. He had authority on the earth because man had been given it and man by his own free will which God had given him had given it away. It'd be just like um, um, if you were given the keys to your parents' home. Say Ollie. So your folks said, we're going overseas for six months, Ollie, and we're going to give you the keys to our home. He's safe, but you never know, Phil. You never know. And um, it says, I'm just making sure that they keep an eye on this boy. Anyway, so they said, we're going away for six months. Here's the keys to our home. Now, Ollie, you look after this home, but we're giving you authority over this home 
while we're away. While they're away, Ollie has a wild party. He gets totally smashed. This is Ollie, the best Christian in the church I pick on. No, he gets totally smashed, right? And he is in this terrible and science state. And one of his mates comes and says, hey, this is a really cool pad. I don't know if they'd say it like that these days. But anyway, this is a, anyway, I won't even try. This is a really nice house. And um, I'd like this house. And Ollie goes, oh, I have it, man. Yeah, my, I'll just have it. And so his friend takes the keys to the house. And he said, well, man, I need the deed. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's in my parents' drawer next to the bedroom. And have it. And he goes and gets the deed and he's got the deed, he's got the keys. And Ollie comes out of his stupor and goes, oh, you know, it's too late. And his parents come back and banish him from the house, <laughs> outside of our house. And um, anyway, it's not their house anymore anyway. Sorry about that, guys. But anyway, and that's what it's like. That's what happened. All right? And so we got, we got locked outside of our own home. We got locked outside. We got stripped of authority, basically. And the enemy just decided that he would have a field day with mankind and God. The whole war was on that God would want to win it back. And so God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, amen, to die on a cross as a sinner so that he would then by his shed blood forgive man for rebelling against God turning his back on God, wash man clean of all their sin and take back authority and give it back to man. Who knows that when Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead, amen, before he was raised up, where did he go? For three days while he was in the belly of the earth, where did he go? Anybody know? Where was he? Yes. He went to hell. Can you imagine being in hell? I mean, there you are. You, you know, you, you laughed at Noah. Noah, you're an idiot. And then you're down in hell. And then along comes Jesus. He walks in. He goes, anybody want to get out of here? And it's like he empties the place. Who's going to want to stay, for goodness sake? And there's the devil and the demons all left alone. And all the people that they got have gone. I reckon even Judas was there because I know Jesus. I know his love and I know his redemption. And he knew, he knew, Jesus, he knew Judas had to be used in that plan, but he had a plan for Judas. He knew that he was going to die, that he was going to be raised up again, that he was going to go to hell. He's going to say, Judas, we're out of here. Don't you think so? I think Judas is in heaven. That's my little thing anyway. You can take me to theology class if you want. I believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. And see, Jesus went to hell and what did he do? He took the keys. He took the keys of hell and death. And he rose from the dead with the keys in his hand the keys and the authority to the earth he took back for us. Amen? You can clap the Lord right now. That's pretty exciting. Amen. Now look at Matthew 16, 19 if you really want to get excited. And Jesus said this, 
Because Peter's looking at Jesus and who do you think that I, who do you say that I am Jesus? And he said, you know, others are saying this and others are saying you're this and others are saying that. So who do you say? You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Peter says to him and, and Jesus said to him, on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then he goes on to say this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you know what binding and loosing actually means? If you're going to bind something, it means you're declaring it unlawful. I think it's horribly unlawful that people should suffer. I think it's horribly unlawful that babies should be killed. I think it's horribly unlawful that children should be raped. I think it's horribly unlawful that people should be groveling in sickness and poverty. I think it's unlawful in Jesus' name. But if I would stand on the earth and actually believe what Jesus Christ has said, that whatever you declare unlawful on earth will be declared unlawful in heaven, do you know what we're doing then? We're coming to a divine agreement. Because do you think that it's already unlawful in heaven? Or do you think it's only unlawful after we say it? Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you declare unlawful on earth, will be declared unlawful in heaven. No, I think it's already unlawful in heaven. And all we've got to do is get into agreement with what God is already saying. Amen. And we bind things. And when I do, I just get really angry. I tell you, I get angry because I just get so angry that the devil thinks that he can still put people in bondage, that he can still put sickness on people, that he can still attack our children, that he can still bring profit and death. No, in Jesus' name, we bind it. And I take, like, into my spirit realm, I see this, like, little rope, and I'm... And then... You know what I mean? And you've got to get that inside of you. You've got to get that inside of you. Amen? And then it says, and then what happens? All of heaven goes, whoa, come on. And then all the great cloud of witnesses are up there going, come on, come on. And all of the angels are, hallelujah, hallelujah. And everything breaks out because someone on earth decided to say enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Jesus said it. And then it says, whatever you lose, on earth, you'll be loosed in heaven. I like the loosing bit because that's the good news. Then you go up and you say, you know, I just love it. I just love it. You know, the two disciples, I forget which two they were. It was Peter and one of them and the other one. Peter and the other, his friend. And there they were by the temple gates. And there's a beggar that's been there every day, year after year after year after year, oppressed by the devil, sitting there begging, 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 begging. And they walk up to him and they just go, enough. It's time for us to do some binding and some loosing in Jesus' name. And they see this guy begging, 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 you poor beggar. Oh, amen, amen. And he can't walk and his legs are gone and he's like, and he's begging for money. And they just walk up to him and they say, silver and gold have we not. But what we do have, we give to you in Jesus' name. Get up and walk. Woo! And he gets up and he starts running around in Jesus' name because he's been set free. Because they did a bit of loosing. What we do have, we give to you. What I do have, 
I give to you. Freely you have been given. Freely you have been given. Freely give it away. You have received. Don't keep it to yourself. Amen. Amen. Unwrap that box. Get out the manual and work out how to use it and go get some on somebody. Amen. (laughs) That was my little dance of victory. (laughs) If you saw my big dance of victory, you'd freak out and leave, I'll tell you. (laughs) At my age, it's it's not attractive. Anyway, <laughs> Woo. and then it says this, it says, Ephesians 1.19 says this, and his incomparable great power to those who believe. What, what, what is this? What, what is this power? This incomparable great power. You mean, you tell me that there is incomparable great power available to me? What is this power? I'll tell you that Ephesians tells us that this power is the power of the Holy Spirit. And you just go, oh, that's nice, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we worship you. No, I'm not talking about that type of Holy Spirit, that side of his nature. I'm talking about the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I'm talking about dunamis power, which is dynamite power. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit coming down and rocks trembling and huge rocks beginning to shake and tremble as the power of the Holy Spirit fills the tomb of Jesus and the stone is rolled away, amen, and he's taken up to glory in his very body. That's the kind of power. (laughs) Real stuff. The real stuff. You know, just let off a bomb. Let's let off a bomb. And this earth, you know, Pastor Phil has encouraged me this morning to be a strong woman next to a strong man. Somebody's got to do something. Is it? Good. Good. I'm glad. Romans 8, 11, 15 to 17. Let's read this and get it into our spirits. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed, I, just, I wasn't going to put that bit in, but I thought, if indeed we share any sufferings, just... If indeed we share any sufferings, and also that we may share in his glory. Anybody suffered lately? No one. You all been good? Oh, you poor thing. (laughs) You see, I often say that to myself 
when I'm like going through times of suffering or times of trial or times of challenge, even times of sickness in my own body. I lay hands on my own belly and I just speak to myself. I said, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in my mortal body. Therefore, I declare resurrection power inside of me, bursts forth and pushes every sickness, every oppression, every demonic thing that's trying to come against me. It bursts off me as the resurrection power fills me in Jesus' name. It's inside of you. It's waiting, rumbling. And the Holy Spirit's going, come on, say it. Just say it. Just let me out. Because the Holy Spirit, he won't do it without you. He's a gentleman. He's, I've got some stones to roll away. Yeah, let me out. Let me out. Let me out. <laughs> Jesus was given authority over every realm. In heaven and on earth, under the earth. And he was taken up and seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you realize that right now? He is, he is victorious. Our Jesus, he is not worried. It is not out of control. He is in complete control. Our Father God sits in heaven and laughs. The earth is his footstool. He is not worried. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows exactly the people he wants to do it through. And that's you and me. Amen? Ephesians 2, 1 to 7 says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live. You followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. You know, we live in three realms. We live in this realm here, which... which, which, which Um, Bible interpreters call the first heaven. And then there's the second heaven above us where Satan and his powers and principalities try and rule us, amen, and have authority over unbelievers. And then there's the third heaven where God and his throne and his kingdom live, amen. And the idea for us is that we're not supposed to live in this realm. We are in this world, but we are not of it. We are not supposed to live here. We are not supposed to live in the second heaven, being afraid of, ow, ow, ow. You know, the devil's coming to get me. You know, we're not supposed to live there. We're not supposed to live under oppression. We're not supposed to live under sickness. We're not supposed to live under everything that the devil is warring in the heavenlies over us about. Even if he's warring over the nations, we are not under that. Amen? We are not under that. Oh, yeah, there's a spirit of this over this nation. Well, you're not under that. No, you're under the third heaven. And the third heaven is where God sits, where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. You are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are not under, you are over. You are not underneath, you are on top. Amen. You are not weak, you have been given all authority in the name of Jesus Christ. All you've got to do is get up and get up and get in. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and so he says here, you, you follow the ways of the world, of the ruler, of the kingdom of the air. The spirit is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us 
also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive. Say, everyone say alive. 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 You have risen in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God, now listen to this. Please listen. Have you got your ears open? Ready? Got your heart open? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Katie, you're not under. You're over. you just got to get it in here. It's all in here. It's in here. The battle is in the mind. It's because we lack knowledge. It's because we're... Can I have a drink, somebody? <coughs> it's because we're, we, we have this mentality. Thank you, darling. We need to be above and not underneath. <coughs> And, and he says that he raised us up in Christ Jesus. Why? In order that in the coming ages, you know what, I think we're in the coming age right now. Right now we are in the coming age. The age has come. We are here right now in that place. He might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He wants to show you off. He wants to display his glory through you. He wants you to stand up and be all that you have been bought for a price to be. Amen. Jesus paid the price with his own blood. There is no other price to pay. You can't be good enough. You can't get good enough. You can't beat yourself up enough. It is, being, it is finished. Amen. All you've got to do is stand up and believe. You know, the scripture says, incomparable great power for what? For those who will believe. And the key here is this. In Christ Jesus, he has seated us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. If we are in Christ, if we are walking with him, if we are talking with him, if we are in him, in everything that we do, I and you and you and me, and we are in the Father, and we are one, and we are all one together with him in Jesus. If we are in him, if, we, if we, everything we do is for him, and everything we do is in him, then we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. See, if we are completely dependent upon him and what he says about us, not what we say about ourselves or what the devil says about us. We need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds and understand his great glory. You know, the scriptures here say that it is in his name. It is in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't come in our own name. We don't stand in our own authority. We have nothing of ourselves. Amen? Because we died. 
We died. We died with Jesus Christ when we accepted him and we rose up again, new creations in him. If I am in him, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Therefore, I walk as a humble person in him. But he has given me something. He has given me his name. And at the mention of his name, at the mention of his name, all authority comes into play. It is not how good I am, how loud I can yell, how many scriptures I can stand on, how many times I jump up and down. It's not if you're quiet, loud, if you're shy, if you're reserved or if you're an extrovert. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about who he is. It's about him. It's who he is. It's about Jesus. Amen? In his name. Philippians uh, 2.4. And it says this, 2.9, sorry. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. At the mention of that name, demons flee. At the mention of that name, demons tremble. At the mention of that name, the Holy Spirit is released. At the mention of that name, sick bodies begin to be healed. At the mention of that name, death lifts off and life comes. At the mention of that name, souls are brought out of darkness into light because it is the name that is above every other name and he gave the name to you to use. Use it. Use it. In the dark of the night when the enemy comes to intimidate you and give you dreams and and icky feelings and you feel... Just get up in the name of Jesus Christ. Boof. It's finished. It's finished. As soon as that name is mentioned... Everything that he paid a price for on that cross comes into play. You see someone that's sick. Oh, well, I don't really know how to pray for the sick. I haven't really gone to Bible college. I haven't really done anything, really. But, you know, and, and but, but Pastor Julie said, in that name. Pastor Julie said there's something about that name. And actually, I think I can just get this hand and put it on those crippled legs and say, in the name of Jesus, because it's not about my hand and it's not about me, it's about him. And he might flow through me and touch them if I just use his name. In Jesus' name, get up and walk. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What do I have? I have the name. I have the name. And when I say that name, the whole of heaven is backing me up. When I say that name, the whole of heaven stands to attention. And every angel starts to shout. They get their trumpets out. They start blowing them. The shofar. It all happens when I say that name. We sing that song. His name is Jesus. We say that name. I could feel the very atmosphere of the so-called Halloween spirit beginning to go. 
<laughs> I'm nearly done. Is this good? Is this helping somebody? I really am passionate about this. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now I've got five. I've got my clock. You've got your clock. Mine says five. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 7 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against what? The knowledge of God. Everything is coming against you trying to get some knowledge of God inside of you. Amen? The glory of the Lord will cover the waters, cover the earth as the waters covers the sea. The glory, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Amen? And we take thought every captivity and make it obedient to Christ. You know, whenever you're getting defeated, whenever you're coming into that place, oh, I don't know who I am anymore, I don't even know I'm going to church anymore, I don't even know if I'm saved. Make it obedient to Christ. Get that thought right there, put it in a little prison like that and say, I bind you in Jesus' name and I loose you off my mind. <laughs> and then just lay hands on yourself and say, Fill me, God. And then you go read this and put some of this in because that's really good for you. Amen. Put some of that in there. How do you renew your mind? How do you renew your mind? By the washing of the word. Have a shower every day. Amen. And so we're ready to... Yeah. And then obedience. Yeah. Listen, I've got this little bird, a budgie, that I bought for Joey to train. And it's in this little white cage, right? And so I'm trying to train this bird for Joey so that, you know, by her third birthday perhaps, she's going to be able to put it on her shoulder and it'll talk and everything for her. So I've got this little bird and, and so I'm trying to train it to come out of its cage. And so it's always trying to lift up the door of the cage, lift up the door, lift up the door, lift up the door, lift up the door, lift up the door. But it can't get the door to stay open so it can get out. And so I thought, I'm going to help this bird out. I'm going to peg this door open, peg the door open. Waiting, waiting, waiting. It never came out. The door was open, but it didn't know how to get out. It it was waiting in there. Do you know there are many people right now who are in captivity You know, Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you because he has anointed me to preach you good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness to the prisoners. And this little bird sitting in this cage, just going... And I said, Bird, come out in Jesus' name. Amen. I even had to get my hand in there. Get out. There's the door. Use it. Do you know how many Lazaruses there are inside graves and tombs with grave clothes on waiting for someone to just come along and say, Lazarus, come out. (laughs) I tell you what, the one thing the enemy would use in this day, do you want to know the key thing he wants to use in this day? It's called intimidation. Because intimidation can lead to fear. And once you're in fear, you can't get into faith. 
and he will intimidate you. He'll use all kind of antics, all kind of pranks, all kinds of little things to just make you feel like he's bigger than God because that's what he's been doing since the beginning of time, trying to prove to everyone that he's better than God. But actually we've read the end of the book and he's not. So why let him intimidate you? Because he's already lost and it's finished and it's over. And all you've got to do is stand in it, in Jesus' name. And I've got in capital letters, don't be intimidated. Submit yourselves to God, James 4, 7 to 10. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Don't be intimidated. I know there's a great man called Smith Wigglesworth, great man of God, great healing evangelist, incredible man. They call him the apostle of faith. And um, I mean, I've heard, I've had some demons visit me and they've freaked me out, to tell you the truth. And I've even been in bed with a demon visiting me going, trying to say the name of Jesus. I feel like I can't get it. Anyone ever been like that in so much fear? like, (laughs) trying to get it out. It's early on in my Christian life when God was teaching me how to do spiritual warfare. And then, no, I've been freaked out by that. But this guy, here he is, he's upstairs in his apartment. He's got this staircase down into the lounge room and he hears this noise downstairs and he comes out and Satan himself is standing in his lounge room. And Smith Wigglesworth looked at him and said, oh, it's only you. And he went back to bed. <laughs> Do you know the devil could not touch him? He could not touch him. The only way he could get at him was to intimidate him and get him into fear. He couldn't touch him. I'm telling you. You don't realise how powerful you are. You don't realise what we've got inside of us. It's powerful. Oh, I've got to read you a story, but I just want to read this. Ephesians 6 to 10, 6, 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord. This is finally. Finally. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the armor, full armour of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, that you may be able to stand when the day of evil comes. You may may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Just stand. Just stand. That's all he's asking you to do. Put on some armour. Stand. You don't even have to go to battle because it says the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. What's the weapons that we have? Amen? The word of God. The name of Jesus Christ. Faith. Put on Christ. Come on. (laughs) Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the word and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I want to read this to you. This is so amazing. This, this, this particular man is a, is a prophetic man and he was in the presence of God and he, and, he, and he came into this place where he heard some things and I want to read it to you. 
He says this, I heard hell screaming, Mayday, 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 we are in trouble. On Thursday, May the 1st, I heard a chilling scream right out of hell. It was the type of screaming that I had never heard before upon the earth. It was a scream on incalculable of, sorry, it was a scream of incalculable loss and devastation. It's as if someone was losing everything. As though the day of reckoning had come, Satan himself was prophesying defeat into his own kingdom. Mayday, mayday, mayday. We're in trouble. We're losing the battle and we are losing the war. Our hold on multitudes of God's people is being broken. The God of heaven is revealing where the spiritual weapons of mass destruction are. They have been hidden in Christ for ages, for such a time as this, and are now being revealed to his people to attack and destroy the principalities and the powers of darkness, to explode and to attack the nations of the earth with the mass visitation of the glory of God, bringing whole nations that surrender to the terror and the fear of the Lord. Non-stop, I heard the screams from hell. Mayday, mayday, this day we are losing whole generations. Babies not yet born are being freed from generational curses. Their God is releasing his spiritual weapons of mass destruction and his people by faith are beginning to use them against us. We're losing whole generations to this day. This is the day that the prophets of ages long ago longed to see. And I heard the Father proclaiming, This is the day that I have said that was coming, that my prophets of ages ago longed to see, and they prophesied it. This is May Day in hell, but it is my day upon the earth. This is the day that I have made for my people to rejoice and be glad in it. Hell could not stop screaming. They are beginning to fight the good fight of faith. They are finally believing that the greater is he than he that is in the world. Amen. They are believing now that the battle is not theirs but God's. And now he himself is their greatest weapon of mass destruction. And their father is now showing up to fight for them. I heard heaven shouting to God's people upon the earth. Let's roll. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we hear your voice tonight. We hear the sound of heaven. We hear the sound of heaven getting into place for this day and for this hour. We thank you, Lord, that you're releasing revelation and knowledge, God, far beyond our imagination on the earth right now. Thank you, Lord, that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even imagined what you have in store for those who love you, God. I thank you that we rise up.